Well, hello, good friends, and welcome to another edition of Someone You Should Know. I'm glad that everyone is doing well, and even though we're meeting virtually instead of face-to-face uh, uh, -face in the studio, I want to continue each week to bring really very interesting and conversational people uh, to the show, and I got a good one this morning because I'm a very good friend, a uh, former Chicagoan, uh, Rick Mark is joining us this morning. Ricky, welcome to Someone You Should Know. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Stu. I'm excited. I'm, I see you mentioned a part about Chicago and the fact that me and your wife went to the same high school, but at different times. That that's that's right. You know, we're all, we're all we're all connected in one way or another. That's right. And I'll, well, Ricky, you are now part of of the the Texas scene. You're in the uh, the uh, Fort Worth. Uh, school system, and why don't you start by telling our audience a little bit about about what Ricky Clark does within the 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 Fort Worth school system? Glad you asked. I'm here in Fort Worth ISD. Excited about being here. I I run the My Brother's Keeper program, which is a, a mentoring program here in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, MBK stands for My Brother's Keeper. It was an initiative started by Barack Obama when he was winning the presidency. And we've kept it going since then. We work with approximately 380 kids. We in um, 17 high schools, 10 middle schools, and five elementary schools. And we do what is called lunch and learn. We go in and meet with the kids on a weekly basis and in part liberating information about education. And we focus on four things, attendance, behavior, academics, and community involvement. And it's been going great. This is our inaugural year. This is the fifth year. This is the year that the ones we started with are graduating from college. But look what's going on. <laughs> and I'm excited for them. But we had 25 to start. And out of 25, 17 are graduating this year. So big ups. That that that's outstanding. And then, and this you said this is a program that, that started what probably what 10, 10 more, no. more years. When, no, when actually it, start? it started. No, actually it started in 2014. 2014. Okay. Right. I came on in 2016 and we've taken it to another level now. Uh, I came in um, in 2016 and ended up becoming a CEO. And now we're in many schools. We're in, like I said, 17 high schools, 10 middle schools, and five elementary schools. And the program is basically targeted to uh, what disadvantaged uh, youth uh, are I like they, to call are they them just a, those that are maybe uh, just are are educationally challenged or are they emotionally challenged or are they just are in circumstances that they just need somebody to grab them by the hand and say, come on, I'm going to show you a better place. Uh, all of the above. And I like to say that our kids are not bad. They just made some bad choices. Right. Okay. And so what we do is we work with young people, uh, young men. If you know, 50 percent of men of color drop out of high school. 65% drop out of college after two years, but 78% wow. graduate if they join a fraternity or play a sports. So we came back and created a brotherhood for the young people to help each other graduate, right? Each one reach one, each one teach one. So we remind people, we don't just take all the kids who made bad choices. We take the kids who want to move from one level to the other and we match them together, right? So you will have probably, 40% would be you would all the labels you gave and the other 60% may not, or maybe 60 opposite. So we make them come together because when you bring them both together, 
Now we're both competing with each other. And you know how young people are. I'm going to do just as well as you. So if you bring someone with a low score and someone with a high score, then the low score want to pick up with the high score. So that way we mirror each other. And that's been the success of the program. So I always remind people, yes, yeah, some of those boys have made bad choices. Uh, but now we're here to help them get them right on the back track, get them back on the right track. Now you say boys, is this just a male oriented program? Yes, it is. It's males only. Now I do want to mention that we did start a, my sister's program. It is not funded, but we did start a, my sister's program at South Hills high school. And we have 30 young ladies in that. And they were just so impressed with what the boys were doing. Now we have the girls doing it. And if I was talking to you a little bit about a store, it's more or less like a, a fraternity. You can meet with fraternities in college. Right. And so we don't make them pledge or anything like that, but there are some responsibilities, right? So every three weeks we check their attendance. We check their every three weeks we check their attendance and behavior, right? But every four weeks we'll check their grades because it give them four more two more weeks to catch it before they pass, I mean before they fail anything. So we end up with these kids and we get the information, we got them all on the ecosystem. So that way we're in constant contact with them. We meet with them once a week, every week, lunch and learn. We bring them pizza, chicken, whatever we can bring. You know, if you're taking a lunch break, you better have something to offer. <laughs> well, you know, and, 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 and do these students reach out to you or how do you find them? Where's, where does the connection come in? Okay, so we at each school, we go to the schools, right? So it's been around, like I said, 2014. So they know about MBK and oftentimes we don't, we don't advertise for it because it'd be overwhelming by a number of kids. We believe that each one reach one, each one teach one. So in order to be a chapter, you have to have 12 or more kids. So before we come to your school, you got 12 kids who are interested. Four should be seniors. And if you're in middle school, you know, four should be eighth grade getting ready to go tonight. Right. right. So those four, we make them presidents, vice presidents to show leadership. So it has to be 12 or more. If you don't have 12 kids, we don't even come to lunch. Right. And so that's what we meet them at, at the school, meet them where they are. You have a lot of people talking about, oh, I want to work with young people. I want to work with young people. Well, go where they are. Go to the school. Don't go looking for them. We know they're in school every day. So a lot of these programs where they're making these comments, I want to work with young people. I want to work. Go get them. They're right there. And if you can't get them, call me. I help you contact them. You ask me to do the kids constantly. So it's me. I have some other people that work with me, Mr. Nelson, Ahmad Rashidi, several uh, Latino, African-American men. And they're what you call uh, facilitators. So we have facilitators and co-facilitators and assistants. And those assistants are kids who've actually gone through MBK, who are now in college at TCU, UTA, right? They take their lunch break and come and work with the boys. And we pay them $30 an hour, All right? So if you really? went through MBK, if you went through MBK and you graduated and you're in the MBK program and now you're on a college campus close by, we pay them $30 an hour. They come over there and work. But when people are like, whoa, $30 an hour, that's a lot. But you're only working three hours out of the week because they're still in school. And if any of their grades fail in college, then we have to pause them because what's most important is you graduate from college. But those kids love it. So we go to TCU every other Tuesday and we recruit the students there. We do workshops on Tuesday. As a matter of fact, I want to brag about the fact that we have our first um, MBK program on a predominantly white institution, which is MBK. We are registered at TCU right now today. And we would have been at Paul Quinn, but 
the corona thing came. So we're looking at getting to different schools and that way by hiring the young men, you know what $30 go along, you know, $90 go a long way, gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> so they keep and they even say, Mr. Ricky, you ain't gotta give me nothing. I just want to help. But we give them that, there'll be the gas money, they come by. And so now they're acting as facilitators. So we say each one reach one. And my buddy told me to make sure I mention that because oftentimes you go through programs, but who hires them back? And what I'm saying to them, if they do well in college and do like they're supposed to, they can have my spot. I want to show them that this works and it's been going really well. And you're you're currently through uh, through Fort Worth. You're working with how, how many schools do you have this program in? We have every high school in the Fort Worth district has an MBK program. And we how have many? 10, mi 10, 10 middle schools. Okay, 10 middle schools. Okay. How many high schools? 17 high schools, 10 middle schools, and five elementary schools. So let me see if I can break it down for you. So we have wow. college graduates who come and help the high school students, right? We hire undergraduates. We pay them to come help the middle school students. Then we have the high school students to read to the elementary school students. And so they all learning the same thing, right? So whatever you taught the elementary school student, well, now he in middle school, you got to teach him something different. But right. one in middle, nine high, you got to teach him something different. We focus a lot about the culture. We focus a lot on manhood. You know, I wrote a book called What My Daddy Should Have Told Me, Life Lessons for the African-American Male. So we focus a lot about manhood. What's a man? How do you define a man? What are the four components of a man? So we deal with things like that, you know, once they get that, they get it. So we say a man is a male who acting to live responsible. Anytime you're not acting, thinking and living responsible, you're just a boy masquerading as a man. And then we give them the fourth, uh, a manhood, you know, is internalization, um, visualization, participation. So they run down the whole four. And once they realize that they saying, wow, oh, that's why I do that. Oh, that's why. And then you see the change. It's almost like a metamorphosis. And I love seeing the change. And you ask me if they call all the time. The phone don't stop ringing. And I love it. I mean, I can, I can see that this is definitely a, a paying it forward kind of a movement. Oh, yeah. Those, those that find out about, about the program and, and eagerly want to participate know that as they get older and they move up the, the ladder in the program, that they're going to turn around and pay it back by mentoring to those that are younger than them. And then exactly. get out in the, into the real world in a career, they carry that forward in working with their business associates and all That's right. working on some so, of those same principles. And it's well, let, me, yeah, let me add to it. When the boys graduate, upon graduation from high school, they all get a customized suit, business suit from Joseph A. Banks that the community pays for. So wow. they sponsor, and we've done this for the last five years. Just the first year, we won't be doing it. They get brand new suits. We did 85 last year. I mean, customized suits with their name written in it, right? And if they get bigger, they let it out. If they get smaller, they let it in. <laughs> right. You know what I'm talking about? And you ought to see their face. Oh, man, you're thinking they're happy when they get in their cap and gowns. One of the kids was in there. He was like, well, Mr. Ricky, do we have to bring it back? No, no, you don't have to bring it. <laughs> you don't have to bring it back. And they look at the suits on the racks, too, and they be like, whoa. So I show them the prices, and I say, well, this is not off the rack. They get to pick the material, patterns, the shoes, everything but the shirt, the T-shirt and the underwear. Everything is paid for. They closed the store down. Joseph A. Banks on University 
close the store down. We come in on a Sunday night or a Saturday night and they shoot the boys. You ought to see the faces, the crying. And so we're looking forward to doing that. We continue to do it. So, yeah, it works really well. All right. So, Ricky, I mean, this is a great program. Who's, whose brainchild was this program to develop this kind of a program to take into the school system and, and help help these, these kids? So, again, I mentioned that the fact that Barack Obama started it years ago, right? And when he started it, it took off, and they're still doing it right now in some cities. They had the MBK Alliance, and they identified some of those districts throughout the country who were doing what we call uh, exemplary programs. So we would be an example of what the program looks like. So when I got to, uh, we went to we went to California. We met with Barack. Well, first it was in the White House, and then last year, last year we went to California and met with MBK Rising, Barack Obama, Steph Curry, Michael B. Jordan, all of the players were there, and we were there with the young people, and they were talking about what MBK do. And so we're a little bit different. If you can't see this, but I have a, on my jacket, I gotta show it to you. You yes. see that? So yes. all the boys had the MBK jacket. So we get down and they asking us about our program and we're different because most MBK programs are funded by philanthropists. Uh, the city may take it. The state may take it. But when they brought it to Fort Worth, it didn't happen that way. What happened in Fort Worth, the, the city didn't buy into it. They did. They did. They now they're supporting it. But the district did. So we're funded by the racial equity department, racial equity and excellence department in Fort Worth ISD. That's why our funding come through. And so when I got to California, I found that a lot of those other MBK programs, they're struggling for funding. But we've been funded for the next five years to continue the program. We do a survey, uh, pre and post surveys. And so it's different. So everybody's struggling for funding. We didn't have that struggle. Fort Worth made a commitment to fund the program for five years. And is this a national program? Yes, it is. It's a national program. And throughout the country, other programs are funded from Chase, Wells Fargo, all those. Ours is funded strictly from the district. And we are, this is the first year that I just received, uh, have my 501c3, and now we'll be able to receive funding from other organizations. But this is the first time we ever done it. Everything was funded out of the district. And when we would go out of town, they would be like, how are your fund program funded? They were like, the district, they thought that was amazing. So I, I give big ups to Dr. Kenneth, I mean, Dr. Scripner. Big ups to Dr. Scripner, uh, Sherry Breed, um, and uh, Centor Ramos, who's a school board president right now uh, in Fort Worth ISD. Big support. They supported it openly. Yeah, that, and that's that's interesting in itself because you would think that these yeah. are programs that are really funded by the private sector. Right. And to know that there is some some public and community involvement in it, uh, that's that says volumes about the program itself. It says volumes. I mean, if you would, I'm not dragging this to testimony, but if you would come to Fort Worth and mention MBK, uh, the community knows about it. We do a lot of community service projects. You know, we're out in the community serving the elders, serving the children. We do uh, every other weekend, we do Freedom School where they can come in and learn. We uh, take books to the library, read, I'm not a lot of library, but take books to the barbershops, you know. Barbers doing a reading. So we're the ones that take the books there and read to the kids in the library and, and the barbershops. So it's different. And they want to be a part of it. So you have elementary kids with the MBK T-shirts on. And remember, just like what the high school and the middle school does, you got the elementary school kids standing like this. So we ask them questions. What is MBK? My brother's keeping. When was it found? 2014. By who? Barack Obama. For what? To help young men of color 
transition from one life stage to another? Why do we stand in circles? Because we all leaders. Why do we stand in line? We show evolution from boys to men. So, and each one, and so we model it. In order for you to be a man, you got to see a man. You're pretty passionate about this, aren't you, Ricky? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I grew up as a single parent, and I don't know if you know my history, but I raised five boys as a single parent. Only two of my biological sons. But if you saw them, you would know which one was which. Because if you feed them, they start looking like you. And, uh, you know, I didn't meet my daddy till I was like 17, seen him 27 times. And so anytime I can help a young man, something I want to do, not by what I say, but by what I do. Right. Because it's easy to talk about it, but it's a lot more in depth when they can see it for themselves. So I believe they need somebody they can touch, see and feel, not just hear. Now, you know, what, what is your background? I mean, I, I already know that you grew up in on the south side of Chicago and all. And then uh, what, what's your education and what did you go into okay. and how did you morph into doing what you're doing today? I'm the only one in my family, only male in my family to graduate from high school. Brother, sister's cousin equals uncles. Graduated from high school. I have a bachelor's degree in mathematics. I majored in math. I graduated from Jarvis Christian College in East Texas. I used to be a preacher too. So I went there, thought I was gonna be a preacher. Went there, ended up getting a degree in mathematics, right? Graduated from Jarvis Christian College, went back to Chicago and taught at Kennedy King College for like a year and a half. And then one of my brothers from the school said, Rick, let's do what we said we was gonna do. Let's start our own business. So I quit both my jobs in Chicago moved to Texas, worked at the juvenile detention center. Well, actually, I worked at um, Dallas, 70,000, well, Dallas, it was a, a mentoring program. But when I got there to that mentoring program, I found out that most of those kids came from a psychiatric hospital or came oh. from jail or the housing project. So, you know, Beth works in the psychiatric hospital. So I right. went and worked at the psychiatric hospital. And then I left the psychiatric hospital and went and worked at the juvenile detention center in Fort Worth. I love that job. But I found out that most of those kids in the juvenile detention center came from public housing. So I left that job and went to Fort Worth and worked for Butler Housing, which was one of the biggest public housing projects in uh, the state of Texas. And we no longer call it a project. I tell them a project is something you do in school and never complete. It's a home. Where, it's a neighborhood where people live. So I went there, changed the community around. We called it Mo Better Butler. From that point on, I started working in the district, and the rest is history. Um, they notice what I do. I love it. You'll see me on the street. I ran for city council twice, uh, lost by 80 points. So I'm in a community greatly involved. But like I said, I worked as a preacher for a while. Um, it's my call, and I love working with young people. I've written two books since then and working on my third book now. Well, and, you know, and, and I know that you are you're obviously a motivator, but you also do public speaking. Uh, yes, sir. And uh, and it's it's a great calling for you, uh, yeah. especially the, the the background and the history that you have. Uh, uh, you're we have a we have a common a common brother, I'll say. You know, in Fred Hudson, right. and, and a shout out to Fred because he's <laughs> just an absolute sweetheart. He also has worked through uh, the detention department through in in Dallas. Uh, yes, he also has worked very closely with taking troubled kids and motivating them to, to realize that they do have a better side. And I, and I think that's true with all kids. Uh, all kids. Once they get to probably, 
I guess you would say that middle school or high school level, that's kind of when they hit that fork in the road of either going the bad route or going the good route. And, right. and to have mentors like yourself and Fred that can step in and say, hey, I want to show you the right way, the right path. That's uh, right. It's, it's neat well, uh, all communities, not not necessarily just the black or brown communities. Oh, no. You <laughs> so guess what, Stu? And we focus mainly on black and brown, but I have white young men, it's Asians, uh, all of them are part of the BK because all of us are brothers. There's only one race, which is the human race. That's right. So we may focus on the African-American Latinos because of the statistics. Right. But the men in our group of you would see, they all, we got black, brown, and white. You even have some of the young men, white men, and boys that come through. So all the kids get a little stash. You'll have like red, black, and green. They'll have the colors of the Mexican flag. And one of the young guys was like, look, man, you don't have one for me. So guess what we did? What do you got one for him too? <laughs> so yes, uh, we focus on African-Americans, but it's not that. And you mentioned Fred, my brother Fred, he runs DCAP. So I do TCAP here. And do some of the same kids. So I'm the one who got Fred involved in Fort, I mean in Dallas. And so he's been doing it for over 19 years. Some of your listeners may have heard of an organization called YAP, which stands for Youth Advocate Program. And these are kids who have made bad choices. And our job is to go in and motivate and encourage them. And so I do that as well. And we're starting an MBK program with uh YAP, Youth Advocate Program, which is one of their um, deputy directors is Gary Ivory out of Duncanville, right in here in, in Texas. Yes, sir. You know, I think I think it's it's safe to say that there's a, a a probably a pretty large segment of our population that doesn't realize that programs like this exist. That's and, true. You know, you through your books and your public speaking and 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 motivational work and everything. What does the general public really need to know about the fact that programs like this do exist for the benefit? of these young troubled youth well one of the things that i always tell them and you say the same thing about me everything that looks good may not be good right and we got to be conscious of what we putting our money in these different programs so i'll tell people uh proof is in the pudding so what we make sure that we do with our program we evaluate it we have a transparency so you can look and see not only do i want you to see how the money's being spent but what is being spent on right and so when you have these programs, if they're not evidence-based, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't invest in it. So we've created a culture of evidence to show that the program works. So when you're finding folks that want to fund programs, find out that it works, right? So I'll tell people, you say what you want to say about Missouri, but I'll call Texas to show me forward to show me city, right? Show me that it works and I'll involve in it. So when we first got started, we were only at, I think, like $35,000. Then we moved to $75,000 to show that it works, right? Once we shown that the program worked, then they bought into it, started adding on different schools. The district came in. So I tell anybody, if they're looking for programs, go and see what they do, not what they say, not how pretty their web page is. I don't want that's not going to work. Not how well the CEO talks. But let me see what the children look like. Let me see the youth transition from one life stage to another and document it so that's what we do we have a whole ecosystem so everything about our program is documented right so every email every have this thing that's called touch points so we don't just go have lunch with them right so after we do have lunch with you they may call so if they call us that's a touch point 
You went and gave somebody some shoes. That's another one. So right now we're doing this MBK uh, book pack, backpack. So in our backpacks, if we put something in that backpack and give it to one of the kids, then we note that. And we encourage them to do the same thing. So no, don't put your money in programs because they sound good. Put your money in programs that's doing good. Yeah, and your your friend Robert Nelson sent me information about that backpack program, and I, I would like oh, yeah. to spend a few minutes just saying a little okay. bit more about where this came from and, and who benefits from it and how the public that's watching this show maybe can get involved in it. Okay, so who benefits from it and how does it work? So as you know, right now we're dealing with this pandemic, right? And so one of the things we found out is that the kids in Fort Worth ISD they had lunch for them, but they were only getting a hot lunch two days out of the week. I don't know if y'all know that or not, right? Only two days. And for some kids, if they didn't eat breakfast, lunch at the school, they're not eating. And the other thing I had to share with them, something about African-Americans, we take a lot of pride. Yeah, we may, you know, even though we're hungry, we're not going to go get that cheese, even though we know it's free, right? So these kids are very proudful. So they may not even go and get the food. They'll stay in the house in their apartment and starve off those oodle noodles or whatever that stuff that they be selling them and won't go and get it. So what we would do is we would we created um, the MBK drive by where we would get a book bag, right? That says MBK on it and we'll put sponsors names on the bag. Sodexo Magic, which is one of our sponsors, agreed to put the food in the bag and we will take it to the children and drop it off. You call it a drive by MBK drive by. We don't make it big or picture, so we ask people to support us by purchasing and giving us money to buy the book bag. We put their labels on the book bag. We take the book bag. The only reason we're using the book bag is because still showing the pride. Put the food in the bag along with their assignments. <laughs> Give it to the kids. Take it to the house. Still practicing social distance. Well, we can leave it on the curb or leave it at the doorstep, right? But to let them know that we do care. And so right now we've gotten some funding from some people from Dallas already. A uh, few people have already gained funding towards the book bags. And so we've created the book bags and now we're doing the MBK drive-by by dropping it off. These kids are hungry. And one of the things they told me with Sodexo Magic, I mean, at one time, 18,000. Now we're down to 1,500 lunches or so whatever it is. So the kids, so you got all this food, but you can't get it to the kids. And I said to them, wait a minute, hold up. How do we make this happen? That's, we know that those that's kids, not right. But you know, Stu, that those kids got on the bus every day at eight and then they got off the bus at three. So it ain't like you don't know where the kids are, right? So I said, why can't we just take this food, put them in book bags, either go by their house or take the bus to that same spot that you normally go to, have the kids come to that spot, practicing social distance with six feet apart, give them those things that they need, they book bags, they food, they laptops, right? And we know that every uh, day at eight o'clock or at three o'clock, we gonna be at the corner. You know where you going? They was like Ricky. That's an excellent idea. I said we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Let's start meeting the kids where they are, not where we want them to be. Well, we need them to come to the school. How are they gonna get there? If it's raining, that's right. Doing? And if your mom is in the room working, she gonna close the door, stop, and take you up there to eat. It don't even make sense. She can. And then I'm thinking about how they getting educated. Who's teaching them? So we online, we talk to them. You need some help academically with math or reading? Call me. And let me ask you something else we want to do with the book bag. We want to give incentive to the kids. Here, I'll give you $2 for reading a comic book. A dollar for reading a book. Ain't no real money. And you can't go spend it. We're talking about the stimulants. We need stimulants and the kids do too. 
And I know you didn't ask me this, but what about the kids who graduated from MBK, who've gone to college doing all the right things, and now they home? No job, now they back in their mother's apartment. You know, it's five people in a two bedroom, or three in a one bedroom, or four in a one bedroom. And if I don't know if you know about the African-American culture, you got cousins that come over. They didn't ask. They just come and don't leave. You follow what I'm saying? So yes. you're dealing with all that. And so how they eat, if they did eat something, they share with everybody. So I know you asked me about the book bag, but I got passionate about it. But the reason for the book bag is to let them know that somebody cares about them. And in that book bag, the food is free. Now, you, you, you mentioned some of the graduates and everything that now are, are sequestered at all. Are they getting back and volunteering their time in this program to, to get out there and deliver some of these bags to the kids that need it? So one, as we get these bags, they asking. Did you hear what I just said? They're calling me, yeah. saying, Mr. Ricky, what can I do? Well, now you just left Jarvis or Paul Quinn or TCU. Well, two things. One, you can help out with the parents academically for the kids that need help with their book work, right? The other thing you can do is we're still practicing social distance. If you have a car and you have a mask and some gloves, then come on. But if you don't have the mask, then we can't talk about something that you are not displaying, right? So the boys right. are home and they ask him, Mr. Ricky, what can I do? Is anything I do? You got to give me nothing. I just, I just want to help. And so we're giving them an opportunity to help. And so we don't post, we posted, one guy posted it on Facebook and I was like, we don't have to post it on Facebook, you know, but he did, he showed the MBK, you know, when we do it, we'll show them an MBK bracelet saying, it says MBK for life. And then they'll get the bracelet and we'll give them the pack. And he took a picture and said, we don't want to take pictures, but we do want to help. And we're making notes of the people that we help so that when funders come, they can see, we, they can go and check. We said we helped Randy at 2740 Megan Circle then you can always go, and I want to follow up. <laughs> so our staff, if one of those students tell me that, one of my facilitators said, I met with Ricky on Tuesday, and somebody from my office is going to call, talk to his mama or him. Did you talk to the such? Because we got to check the checker, the checker, the checker. We talking about our right. children. And you know, if you hurt one of those kids one time, they may not listen, not only you, but they not might listen to any other male, any other man. So that's very yeah. important that we, we focus on that. You know, you got a lot of them being raised by their mama. So remember, you got men coming to the door. Be conscious of that. Yeah, you know, b before before this whole pandemic thing hit, as you said, uh, these kids, they were going to school and they were getting some meals, uh, right. some of them hot meals, some cold meals, but they were getting food. Now they're all at home. And so that has changed. Now it yeah. the schools, the school year is over. Uh, they're going back to physical schools until they they reopen maybe in the fall. Now you're heading yeah. summertime. All these kids still need to eat and be a part of the program in the summertime. All right. So the question that I, that I want you to share with the audience is if people that have a corporate uh, background have that are part of a corporation or they're just an individual and they say, you know what? I believe in this program. It's a good program, and I don't want to see these kids go go hungry. You've got this backpack program. How can they get involved by making donations, uh, monetary donations, or whatever? How do they get get to you and and your organization to help with the backpack program? So you can go to rickyclark.com. You can begin with that. Rickyclark.com. You'll pull that page up. You'll see the link to the My Brother's Keeper. 
right? Okay. Once you see the link to the My Brother's Keeper page, it'll give you all the information you need. I don't like giving away a whole bunch of stuff. If you know rickyclark.com, go to rickyclark.com. You start there, and it'll link you to what you need to do to help with the backpacks. I'm not here. Um, I'm not even asking. We just need the support. Very good. And I think even at the at the at the entry level, I think one of these one of these packs and everything is. I think it's about a thirty dollar donation. To, That's all it is to, to get involved. I mean, we're we're talking about the cost of a pizza and some and a couple of drinks. Uh, and all right to to help with a program like this, I think it's very meaningful. Uh, and yes, sir. urge everyone that's watching the show right now to consider it. And, and yeah, I can put um, a business card in the backpack. So on the backpacks, you got a place to put your card if you want some recognition for it. But if you could, if you're listening, please support that idea because not only that, they got the backpacks and they can eat. But whenever school gets started, they still can use it. Right. right. So it's very supportive and they can make sure we put their little face mask in it if they need that. Things like that. Uh, if you can support us, support us. Uh, is this a program that, that you're running just locally, or is this a program that's part of My Brother's Keeper nationwide? National. No, every My Brother's Keeper chapter is totally different. Some okay. chapters they meet once a week. Some chapters they meet every other week. But we're unique in the fact that we're funded enough that we meet with our kids weekly. Right? Okay. And so other programs may not be doing that. So they have some other ideas, but this is a Fort Worth ISD local program. Modelers Keeper, we're doing the backpacks, the t-shirts, the things like that. So we're different and we're kind of considering ourselves a catalyst for other MBK programs throughout the country. Okay, so the folks that are listening to this program that are all, uh, other places around the country, the best thing they can do is to go to their local My Brother's Keeper program and see correct. they have this program or they have a similar program that they're doing to get involved. Right. So they have other initiatives throughout the country, but our initiative, and we thought that it was best to do that because you said it. Now the summertime comes, right? And we normally meet with our kids. We have a year-round program. Okay. I got to fill it to you. So Excellent. every other weekend, the kids get to come to the library or the doc bookshop every other week, and it's free, and we still feed them. So every other weekend, they still, we did that before Corona. And now we're going to keep it going. But with this Corona thing, we'll be doing what you call NBK Cypher, where they'll come online. Each one of them have a chance to do a one-word check-in, tell us where they are, how they feel, and one-word check-out, and discuss anything that's pending. But in order for people to support, please go to rickyclark.com. Take a look at what we're doing, um, the NBK program. And I've just did the 501c3, so we'll be up next. It'll be Steps, Strategies, Elevate People. So you'll see that as well. Um, but all the funding that you give, you can get a tax write-off, and we could use the help. Well, and, and also I think that if they go to RickyClark.com, and they can even contact you, uh, even if they're in Seattle, Washington, uh, yes. you, can, you can put them in touch with the right people that can then help them out. Yes, and that's like, again, MBK is throughout the country, so if you call, we have a portal can get you to the people you need, and it may be something y'all want to start in your city too as well. You know, this whole show, right from the very beginning of the show, <laughs> looking at that painting that is that is over your shoulder and all. Okay. And a bit of a story behind the meaning of that painting. And why don't you share that with the audience, Ricky? Let you see it first. So I have a lot of art in my house. I believe culture and human beings is like fish to water. So you got to stay within your culture. So this picture right here is a old man 
pointing a direction for the child. And as you see, he's covered with what the old man had. If he walked from out of the covering, he's naked. So we paint that picture to say boys to men. We got boys, men teaching boys how to become men. So if you see it as a finger and he's pointing the direction in which we should go. In order to be a man, you got to see a man, right? And a man is a male that acts, thinks, and lives responsible. Anytime you're not acting, thinking, and living responsibly, just a boy masquerading as a man. And that's the issue for the picture. And, and, I, and I think coaching boys to men. You know, that, that's part of what your program is all about. And, and it is, it may not be that that man in your life is your biological father. It's just that it is a, it is that's right. a, someone who is willing to step forward and say, I want to help mentor you. I want to help you find a direction. And again, this is not just for the black or brown community. It is it is for one. Every young, young person man. needs Guess to have right. someone in their life to help guide them in a direction. Doggone right. That's right. And again, we don't focus just on African American, but if the biggest problem is African American Latinos, let's start with where it is and build on what we know. Each one reach one, each one teach one. And I also said there's only one race, which is the human race. So if we can start about loving each other and knowing what we are, and I think the biggest problem that we have with that is that we don't know the culture of the people in which we're working with. So once you know the culture, why they act and why they do what they do, then we become one. Thank you for having me now. There, there's a, there's a, it's not a, necessarily a similar program, but a, but a, a, uh, 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 a program in Chicago that Jamal Cole started uh, several years ago uh, called my, my, my block, my hood, my city. Oh, uh, I've never heard of it. <laughs> and, and, and what Jamal did, is he, he is from the South side also, South and okay. West. Uh, he takes children from these disadvantaged families and what he does, he puts them in a bus and he takes them to downtown Chicago, and he shows them high rises, and he shows them the, the the outside of their neighborhood. He shows them that there's another world out there, and he has he started the program. I guess oh, I think it's only three three maybe four years ago, and it has exploded because it's opened the eyes of so many young people who have been sheltered, and in that regard, this is similar to what you are doing is allowing oh, people, yeah. young people to realize there's a whole wide world out there outside of this maybe sheltered and, and, and narrow uh, area. That, <laughs> and that well, I do have, it. I do have the opportunity to break out of this neighborhood and get out the right. world and make something out of myself. All you really want is what you see. If that's all I'm seeing and that's all I'm on, I can't hate you for that. That's all you've that's ever right. seen. So let me show you something different. So we do the same thing. Not only do we take the kids in and out of the city, but you know there are some kids in Fort Worth who have never been downtown. Right. See what I said? Let me give you one that really trip you out. So we give the boys the suits. They have to go to university. University is not downtown. University is close to downtown. So I told the boy he had to meet us at, the, at Joseph A. Banks. You know what he said to me? Mr. Ricky, I ain't never been downtown before. I said, it's not downtown. He's finna graduate. And then when he got there to the store, he calls me. I was like, well, well what am I supposed to do? I said, just go in. He was scared to go in the store. He didn't know what to do. Let me make you one of the boys that gave him a shoe horn. You know what a shoe horn is. I gave him a yes. shoe horn. He looks up at me. He said, Mr. Clark, what is this? I said, it's a shoe horn. I said, you don't know what it was? He said, no. 
He said, well, we come from the shoe don't fit. We just get on another shoe. I said, we don't do that with shoes. You do it with gym shoes or tennis shoes. But he learned something new. But not only did he learn something new, the other one was there. So if we want our kids to do more, we need to show them more. You know, in order to be a man, you got to see one. You got to see these things. I'm from the south side of Chicago. Born and raised. I couldn't wait to get out of Chicago. I rode the train to Texas, not the plane, because I had never been to the airport. I had never been to the airport. I'm 18, had never been to the airport. The first time I was on a train, I was on my way to college. The lady said, you can get here in two hours by flying, or you can catch a train to be here 24 hours. I took the train. I didn't know any better. So yeah, you're right. So when we talk with these kids, it's my passion. I want them to see things I had never seen. I want them to I want them to dream dreams we never dream. I want them to write books we never written before. I want them to do things we've never done before because if we take care of them, then they will take care of me. So I always say to mine, don't let them put me in old folks home. They were like, Mr. Ricky, we got you. Don't let them put me in old folks home. What can I do to help? And that's why we do what we do. You said you have you have two books already and you got a, yes, sir. a third one in the making. What's the what's the theme behind the the first two books? What are they about and what's what's the premise of the third book? So the first book is entitled What My Daddy Should Have Told Me. <laughs> Life Lessons for an African American Male. So I met my daddy at 17, remember? So I talked about the importance of education, child support, <laughs> how to be a man, how to save money. <laughs> And what to do when stopped by the police. And my favorite chapter is chapter eight, where I give them the opportunity to interview their father. And so you get to ask your father questions. So my father died, so I couldn't ask him that question. So in my book, I have 24 questions that you can ask your daddy. You interview your daddy. And so one of my favorite questions, question number 21, that you love my mama when I was born. I never had a chance to ask my daddy that. Where did you man up? So that's the first book. Uh, and I have in that book, you said, We're having just a difficulty with the, with the audio. Kindergarten at 12 equal 12 years of age, because when you're in college, Kindergarten in the 12th grade can't equal 13 years of slave. I do that on the premises of saying that if you went to high school, if you went to school and all you ever learned from school from a time from kindergarten to 12th grade, is the only thing that black people ever did was a slave, then all you got is a slave mentality, not knowing that it was our ancestors who taught Plato, Pythagorean, and Socrates. So that was my second book. And then it has questions in it. And the book I'm working on right now. And I almost want to tear up is um, I wrote a book about my mother, what my mama did tell me. A message from Winnie. That's my mother's name. And I have some information that a mother would share with her son. I mean, the only reason I graduated from high school is because my mother said graduate from high school. Then she said graduate from college. I graduated from college. If she had told me to get my master's degree, I would have a master's degree because there was no man in my life that ever told me to go to school to help me with my homework. I don't know if you noticed, I had a son when I was 14 years old. I met my son before I met my daddy. Wow. So there was no man telling me those things. My mother shared it with me. So that's how I was the utmost respect for women. Um, I raised my son. My son's mother lived down here in Texas right now. We're not even married. 
but I went back and started doing the things that I have to do to clean it up because I didn't know any better, right? So that's what my third book is, what my mama did tell me a message from Winnie. And you can get both of them on, uh, it's on um, Amazon, but you can also go to Barnes and Nobles and they've been selling really well, especially with this pandemic. I got my biggest check last week. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> and they were buying the first book and not the second book. I'm like, I've never seen that before. <laughs> But I love well, what I do. I love doing this so much. I would do it for free. And I really appreciate you inviting me to be a part of your show. Fred well, bragged it, about it, it. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and folks, you can go to rickyclark.com and you can get all this information. There's there's uh, uh, information about the books, too. Uh, but, you know, consider these programs because this is this is the future of our country. We have right. our young men and women and all, and give them the opportunities to use the the tools that they're given to to better their lives, and in turn, better the lives of other people. And and Ricky, we had a we had a ten minute conversation <laughs> when 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 we met a couple months back. Uh, yes, I you know your your passion for what you're doing. I can only hope that that passion just multiplies time and again. Thank uh, you, sir so that we all become closer together. We all become better brothers and sisters. We right. learn about the need to help support each other and these right. And My Brother's Keeper is a, is a wonderful program, and I applaud you for what you're doing in our area, but also all over the country, and, and hope that folks will, you know, check it out and, and, and maybe get involved in My Brother's Keeper. All right. Again, thank you for having me. I just tell people when they come to work with young folks, bite off more than you can chew and chew it, plan more than you can do and do it, and a lot more time than you can spare and spare it, and bear more than you can bear and bear it. <laughs> and shoot for the moon, because if we miss, at least we'll be amongst the stars, like the stars you have on your on your flag. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you, Ricky. My very, very best to you and your family, and uh, and all will be Stay safe. each other again soon. Keep, keep smiling, right. keep well, and hopefully when this <laughs> pandemic is over, you'll get back close up with your students and everything and, and, and help them on their path to the future. Can't wait to hug them and hug you and the family. Thank you, Stu. Take All care. Right. Take care. Be well. Bye -bye. Thank you. Ricky Clark from My Brother's Keeper, and uh, that'll do it for another edition of Someone You Should Know. Thanks for spending some time with us. I hope you've learned something from this program. And I invite you to come every Friday uh, and, all in, and, and see some of the incredible people that I have the privilege of connecting with. And uh, these are all people that are, are someone you should know. So again, thanks to Mark Warner for orchestrating the program. Again, uh, be well, stay safe, uh, uh, hug your family, and I'll join us again next week for someone you should know.